Well, welcome to the Miami Church Podcast. My name is Greg, and I am so glad that you are listening right now. Listen, man, life is hard, but we are here to help you. And so I hope you enjoy today's message. And man, our, our, our real prayer and our real hope is that, that the message today will help you take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. How many of you are in the middle of a pretty decent life, but you still find things to complain about? <laughs> I remember when I was in high school, uh, my mentor, he made up this song, it was, and he, here were the words, they went like this, gripe and complain, send your testimony down the drain, why be happy in Jesus when you can gripe and complain? And why is it that I tend to focus on the negative? I mean, why, why do I so easily see the negative, but I struggle to see the positives. We're in the middle of a message series that we're calling Battle in Your Mind. And what do we know about our minds? The mind is a battlefield. There's a war raging on in your mind and in my mind with your thoughts. And the fact is most of life's battles are won or lost in the mind. And this is so important. It's so critical for you and me because because every thought matters. All of your thoughts They matter because your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Now, what comes into your mind, it actually comes out into your life. And the truth is you can't have a positive life in a negative mind. If you don't control what you think, you will never control what you do. And we've been saying this every week, and and we're saying it because it's so important. In 10 years, you're going to look in the mirror, and someone's going to stare back at you. And that person is largely shaped by your thoughts today. The life you have is a reflection of the thoughts that you think, and what you think determines who you become. Now, today I want to talk to you about defeating your negative thoughts. Last week in part two, if you missed it, you can check it out, YouTube, podcast. We talked about this idea of neural pathways, right? These, these idea of patterns or pathways in your, in your mind, in your thinking. And the more you think a thought, the easier it is to think it again and then again and again and again. And what happens is these neural pathways, they become ruts, ruts in your brain, ruts in your mind, ruts in your thoughts, so, for example, every time you feel sad, you know, well, I may not know I'm sad, but I feel sad. These neural pathways say, eat, grab some food, ice cream and potato chips are the best. And then I'll feel better, a little less sad, at least for a few minutes. Or maybe every time I feel lonely. I don't necessarily know that I'm lonely, but I feel lonely. And the neural pathway says, grab your phone, grab your tablet, and scroll and scroll and scroll some more. And I'll feel a little better, a little less lonely, at least for a few minutes until I realize I'm more sad because I'm looking at how much fun they're having or I see how pretty they are or I see how happy their kids always seem to be. And we do this, and along the way, I do this, you do this. We go, this is dumb. Why am I doing this? And maybe you feel a little bit guilty. 
but you also feel a little jolt of pleasure. And that buzz is a chemical in your brain that is being released called dopamine. And it's this natural high, and it's your brain way of, brain's way of saying, I like that. Let's do that again. Let's think that again. And if you do the same thing enough, you will have a rut that you will fall into automatically. Now, today I want to kind of even take another step, and I want to talk about the idea of cognitive biases. They're really mental filters. See, a cognitive bias is a mistake in reasoning based on a personal experience or preference. It's a, it's a mental filter that impacts how you think, a mental framework. For example, when I was 10 or 11 years old, someone followed my dad home from work. I don't know why. It doesn't make any sense. But I remember dad coming in the door, and I remember looking out the window, and I remember seeing a Volkswagen Beetle. Remember these cars? You don't see them much anymore. A Volkswagen Beetle parked on the street in front of my neighbor's house. I can vividly remember this right now, years and years later. It's parked there. I can picture it. Now, my cognitive bias from that point on is that every time I would see a Volkswagen Beetle, my thoughts would be, be, be careful, watch out. Are they following me? Are they, they following? Or is this, this person's dangerous? See, see mental filters... The, the filters you have, see, they shape how you see life. They shape your perspective. They really shape your life. And your cognitive bias is your default filter. It's why two people respond differently to the exact same situation. The facts aren't different. What's different? It's the filter. I remember one time uh, I was doing employee reviews, and our boss had set these objectives for us. And one employee uh, I challenged with these objectives, and and she was like offended and just took it personal. And we had months and months trying to recover. And another same exact objective, same exact review. She said, thank you. Thank you for challenging me. Thank you for pushing me. It's why here on a Sunday morning in this space that someone can come in and one, per- one person on the same Sunday goes, they're just a bunch of hypocrites. The music's too loud. It's too cold. The pastor's not funny. They just want my money. And another person on the same day could go, wow. I just feel welcomed. I feel accepted. This is a great place to explore my faith. That pastor is hilarious. There's a story like this in the first part of the Bible, the Old Testament, Numbers 13 and 14. Some of you know the story. Moses sends 12 spies in to explore the promised land. And after some time, the, the spies return and they give their report. And two of them say, wow, the land is amazing. It's beautiful. God is so good. Let's go get it. And 10 of them say, hold up now, they're giants. The land will devour us, we're like grasshoppers. See, it's not the facts that are different, it's the filter, the cognitive bias, your default filter. Same situation, how you frame it determines how you see it. Now, we've been looking at the teachings of the Apostle Paul. He has a lot to say about the mind. And we've looked at Romans 12 too. And Paul says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. He's saying, let God transform you into a new person. How? By changing the way that you think, by renewing your mind, by changing your filter. Philippians 4, 8, 9. Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Fix your thoughts. Focus your thoughts. We talked about this last week. Meditate. 
Change your perspective. Focus on what is true and what is right and what is good and what is excellent. And today I want to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 and 5. Again, Apostle Paul. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Now let's break that down a minute. He's saying the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. They, they are divine power. Again, we're waging war. This is a battle, right? This is a war, a battle. He says we have divine power. He says if you are a follower of Jesus, you have God in you, God in me, the power of God in me. And because the, you have the power of God in me, the original language here, it talks about this idea of a, the explosive power of God to demolish strongholds. Now, what's a stronghold? That's really a military word. The idea of a mill, it's, it's the idea of like a fortress built on the highest point of a city. It's a well-fortified fortress with reinforced walls up to 20 feet thick. And, 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 and what, what is, what's happening in your mind, and I know this because it happens in my mind, right? There, there are lies. There are cognitive biases that shape our thinking. And one thought at a time, right, these neural pathways, these ruts, these lies, they, 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 they take over and we really become prisoners to the lies. They are a stronghold and it feels like we're trapped, right? We're trapped in a fortress. The walls are 20 feet thick. The, the lies have me. I'm never going to get out of debt. I'm always broke. I'm always going to struggle with my health. I can't get over this addiction. I'm never going to have a good marriage. I'll never feel close to God. How could God love me? I, I've hurt too many people. Why is everyone else so much more talented? I'm never going to get married. I'm never going to try to find true meaning and purpose. I'm never going to make a difference. I'm never going to amount to anything. Paul says we wage war. The weapons we fight with aren't the weapons of the world. In fact, that we're on the contrary. We have divine power to demolish strongholds. Look at verse 5. He says, we demolish arguments and every pretense that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. We demolish. This is this idea of tear down, to re- renew or to replace. We're going to demolish and we're going to take captive. There's the key here. Take captive every thought and make it obedient to Jesus. Now, the language here is very active. It's very proactive, very action-oriented. This is not a passive idea. Uh, In fact, you could watch this message a hundred times. I don't know why you'd want to, but you could. You could listen to this, and it's not going to do you any good because hopefully the idea of this message is to inspire you or to encourage you to do the hard work, to take action. You've got to do something about it. And, and, and what I've been wrestling with and, and really struggling with for, for this week, really for several weeks, is, is what is that? And, and part of why this is so hard is because I'm in the process. See, my mind is a mess. And I've been identifying lies I believe, and I've been trying to be active and, and to be on the journey. The other reason this is so difficult is this is not simple. This is not easy. If it were easy, everyone would have a positive mind. But here are some steps some things that I'm actually working through right now that will help you renew your mind. Change the way that you think. Now, let's review a bit. This is part of last week. We talked about identify the lie. 
What, what do you think about? What, what, where does your mind go when it just drifts? What are your recurring thoughts? What are the lies that you believe? You've got to identify it, then you've got to demolish it with God's truth, right? We've got to know it. We've got to internalize it. We've got to identify the lies. We've got to replace it with the truth. And I love this exercise. I hope you're doing this. We've got to write a declaration. Write it, think it, confess it until you believe. You've got to take some time and be brutally honest, but write it. What's the truth of God's word? that speaks to this lie, right? You gotta think it, you gotta confess it. Again, this is the idea of writing it and putting it somewhere where you just see it and say it over and over again, day after day after day, month after month, year after year, until you believe it. Write it, think it, confess it, until you believe it. Here, here is a couple of examples, maybe just to try to, to help you out. Maybe the, the lie that you believe is, is something like this. Why is everyone else so much more talented than me? That's the lie. The truth is, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Write it. Because of Jesus, I am God's masterpiece, more valuable than the finest piece of art. God has prepared things for me long ago. Write it, think it, confess it until you believe it. Maybe the lie you believe is people are out to get me. All people will always let me down. Well, the truth is, God is for me, so who can be against me? My God is working all things for my good. I am more than a conqueror through Jesus who loves me and gives me strength. Identify the lie. Demolish with God's truth. Write a declaration. Write it. Think it. Confess it until you believe it. Please. do. I'm going to share more about this in a few weeks, but please. Here's another practical step, and take a look at this. I've shown you this before. This is from 1915. It's called My Wife and My Mother-in-Law. It's fascinating. See, this is all about perspective. What do you see? Two people looking at the same thing, the exact same thing, and they can see it differently. Now, in this case, this is just kind of fun, right? There's either a young woman or an old lady. There's a wife or a mother-in-law. But here's the reality, is your focus determines your reality. See, if you're looking for something to complain about, you will find it every time. But if you're looking for something to be grateful for, you will always find that as well. See, your focus determines your thoughts, and what you focus on is where you dwell. And so what are you focused on? That's why Paul said, Philippians 4a, right? Fix your thoughts. Focus. This is the idea of focus or meditate. On what, Paul? True, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable. Things that are excellent and worthy of praise. See, joy is not getting what you want. It's actually appreciating what you have. It's not changing your circumstances. It's changing your focus. And I have found the key to be gratitude. The key to unlocking, the key to recognizing, the key to renewing, the key to replacing, the key to knowing God, to knowing God, to experiencing God for who he really is. See, if you want to change your perspective, if you want to really know God, if you want to change your thinking, if you want to renew your mind, if you want to unleash the power of God in your life, I believe one of the keys is gratitude. I've talked about this before. It's not just feeling gratitude. It's expressing your gratitude. It's not enough to feel grateful. You have to express your gratitude. As a kid, there was an old hymn that we used to sing. It was called Count Your Blessings. Count your blessings. 
Name them one by one. Count your many blessings. See what God has done. Right? The, the intentional activity of, of acknowledging, of counting your blessings. See, some of you, what, what you need to do is you need to write down things that you're grateful for every day. You, you, you need to either get a journal or maybe like some post-it notes. Uh, and, you, and you need to, to intentionally start your day, maybe one in the morning, one at lunch, one at dinner time. Is you need to, to wake up and you need to say, hey, what is it that I'm thankful for? See, see what is it that you see? Do, do, do you see the old, the old lady or the young woman? You see the wife or the mother-in-law? See, if, if you want to change your thinking, it, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come down to gratitude because gratitude changes everything. It changes your perspective. It changes your outlook. It affects your attitude, your health, your stress, and how you relate to God. We will not take this for granted. It is not normal. It's about expressing gratitude. See, this has been key for me. Uh, somewhere in the middle of COVID, uh, actually, in this room, sitting here, I was having a meeting with someone's part of our church, and, and that particular day, I was throwing a pity party for myself. How hard life is, and all the challenges of COVID, and 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 the percentage of people that uh, are attending our church is 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 so far lower than it used to be pre-COVID, and this is now a challenge. And this is and 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 I, and I and I loved what he said to me. I'll never forget it. He said, "Greg." Have you ever thought about just saying, God, what are you trying to teach me? What is it you're trying to teach me? And then we spent another hour, and we started looking at all of the things that have, have, have grown or improved or gotten better because of COVID. And we started listening out, and we started thinking about people's lives who were being transformed, and we started to see all the good. And, and all of a sudden, it went from pity party, woe is me, this is terrible, to to. Wow, God, thank, thank you. Thank you for this time. Thank you for uh, the time I'm able to invest in my wife and my kids because of COVID. Thank you for what's happening in our church and certain people's lives because of COVID. You see, the circumstances didn't change, but my perspective is what changed. Circumstances are the same, but perspective is the change. I think a great tool, easy way to start this. It is to get a post-it note, and, and I actually did this uh, through COVID. Get a post-it note and, and, and keep a post-it note. Maybe it's in your bathroom mirror. Maybe it's somewhere that you, in your office desk, somewhere that, that you can just intentionally, and maybe you want to set an alarm. Maybe you want to get your phone out and set alarms throughout the day. And, and maybe just set an alarm in the morning and at lunchtime and in the afternoon. And the alarm just goes off, and it just says gratitude. And you force yourself to write down, to express, what is it that I'm thankful for? And you force yourself to write down and you post it. You post it either in a journal or on post-it. You post it somewhere where you will see it. See, if you look for something to complain about, you'll find it. But if you look for something to be grateful for, you will find it. See, Paul says, fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts on what, on what is true and excellent and worthy of praise. Fix your thoughts on things that you're to be grateful for. Take your thoughts. This is active. It's proactive. Take your thoughts and make them obedient to Christ. Take them captive. Make them obedient to Jesus. Thanks so much for listening today. We would love to hear from you. You can always reach out to us on our social media channels or send us an email at hello at miamichurch.com. Also, be sure to subscribe because you don't want to miss out on any future conversations. 
I hope our time together inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey.